We're so blessed here with the young children at Mount Carmel and the young families and the new babies. And uh, the scriptures have a lot to say about children. And it's, it's a lot different than what the mindset is in much of the world today. The world views children differently in many, many areas than uh, what the scriptures actually have to say. And although... I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about how that folks in the world view children. Uh, I think it's important that we have the correct view, and the correct view is God's Word and what God's Word has to say about children. So we're going to actually, if the Lord would bless, we're going to look at some verses this morning that address uh, children and the blessing that they are. In Psalm 127, and this, is, uh, this was um, sort of the thought of this came after uh, Grace and Jared told me that they're going to be new parents. And uh, my mind sort of went in this direction. And I hope that this is a blessing to you all that are here. Psalm 127. It starts out and it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. So it starts out, except the Lord build the house. I've heard some reference to this about the temple that David desired to build and his son Solomon was blessed of the Lord to build it. And although this is a, a song of Solomon, it certainly could be applied to that, that the only way that the Lord's house could be built is with the blessings of the Lord and the Lord pouring out his blessings upon it. Whether it's referring to the temple of the Lord or whether it's talking about the Lord's church, it certainly is dependent upon the blessings of the Lord. You can't build a church uh, except the Lord be in the matter, except the Lord Jesus Christ be the rock and the foundation of the church, and except the Lord bless the church. So whether it is referring to the temple, whether it's referring to the church, or whether it's referring to a family, whether it's talking about God blessing and building a family, you need the blessings and the presence of the Lord, not only to bless to build the family, but to keep the family as well. And then it comes down, and I think it certainly could be referred to as families, because it comes down and it begins to talk about family. It begins to talk about children. It says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And he comes down and continues to talk about the blessing of children. And it says, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Several years ago, when Carla and Asa had, uh, when some of their children were very, very small, we were at Citizens Nursing Home, and we were going through singing hymns for different residents in the rooms. 
And as we were going along and singing hymns, we came to one room and there were two ladies in this room. And I believe that the lady that, uh, that I'm in reference to, she was, she was highly demented. She had a, a, a pretty severe form of dementia and she was talking and the words that she was saying didn't really make sense. It wasn't a complete sentence. And so as we went in to sing, we didn't know if, if they would actually uh, understand or it would be a blessing. And most of the time, folks respond in a favorable way, when, especially when you have young folks and children that are singing in a corporate setting like that. But we went in to sing, and we couldn't understand her, and I don't know that she could understand us. And then these little children walked in, and one of the children of Ace and Carla was about two years old, maybe just between one and two years of age. And when she saw the children, she smiled and she said just as clear as crystal, she said, children, little children, make everybody happy. And I thought, how sweet. She couldn't carry on a conversation. She might not could tell you the names of her children, but that was just crystal clear the blessing that children are and how that they make people happy. Well, that's what the, the writer says right here. He begins to set the stage. He says that children are a blessing from the Lord. And he says, and the fruit of the womb is a reward from God. It says, as arrows are in the hand of mighty men, so are children of the youth. Then he says it again in verse 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And I, I, I'll try to touch on that. And you may have different thoughts on that. And uh, I welcome your, your thoughts. But... I believe that it's applicable today. So it starts out and talks about the blessing that children are. If we go over to Luke chapter 1, there's two cousins that are here. Mary and Elizabeth. It's exciting when you hear that there's going to be the birth of a new child. And everybody gets to share in the excitement of it. And it's a special blessing when it's your first one. Here is how Mary and Elizabeth responded. Mary was so excited in Luke chapter 1. And she had been conceived of the Holy Ghost. And she was carrying the Christ child. And it says that... Uh, Mary went to Elizabeth, her cousin, and her cousin was also pregnant with child. She was six months uh, along with John when Mary became pregnant with the birth with, the, with Jesus Christ. And it says that Mary went to tell Elizabeth. And it's exciting when there's cousins and there's family and there's church family that can share in the excitement. It's exciting for Elsa and for Catherine and for Tess Likens and for uh, Grace now. It's, it's exciting when you 
uh, find out that there's going to be the birth of a new baby. And you can share in that excitement. And here's how Mary and Elizabeth were. It says, It came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb. That is, John in the womb of Mary, in the womb of Elizabeth, I'm sorry. And it says, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it says, And Elizabeth, she spake out with a loud voice. I, I can just sense the excitement in Elizabeth's voice right here. And Elizabeth spake out with a loud voice. It said, uh, she spake with a loud voice, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. She was sharing in the excitement of, uh, of, of Mary announcing that she's pregnant with child. There's a video, and I hope it goes viral. I got to see it last night. And it was of... Um, Grace telling Jared. And the way she did it is she wrapped a package. And it was a fairly good sized package, about big as a small shoe box. And it, it had, uh, and I'm watching this video, and uh, it had what I thought was potatoes in there. And I thought, what do you put potatoes in this box for? And Jared said, no, it was rocks. <laughs> and so he's taking out these rocks and and different things. And then all of a sudden, he takes out this little positive test and you could see the joy. And he said, baby! <laughs> and I thought of this verse about Mary and Elizabeth. I hope you get to see it. It was so precious to see. Well, there was great excitement when the announcement came with Jesus' birth, and there is with all, with all children that are born. The children are a blessing from the Lord. So let's look at the three verses right here that, that specifically talk about this, and I pray that God will bless it for a few minutes. Low children are a heritage of the Lord. They're a blessing from God. And the fruit of the womb is His reward. First of all, the world sometimes doesn't see children, especially large families, always as a blessing. Elder Zach Guess and his wife have 11 children. And when the children were small, he told me about attending a church service one time and he said that this uh, lady went up to him uh, after services and said brother Zach you shouldn't have had so many children and he responded to her and said well I'd like for you to look at them and you just tell me which one I shouldn't have had made a point it says and the fruit of the womb is his reward as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man so here's what I think this probably means when you have a young child 
you have a window of time that the mother and father have an opportunity to strongly influence the child. It gives us the image here. It talks about the image of a man that is a, uh, a supreme marksman. And it talks about his tools. It talks about his quiver. The quiver is what holds the arrows. And it talks about the arrows. And it refers to the children as being the arrows. And so what he's saying right here as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. I believe that one of the things that this means right here is that you have a window of time that God will bless you to influence the direction of that child. And it will have an impact upon that child the rest of their life. The father, the mother, it's, it, it's talking about as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man. What is the importance of the uh, mighty man? Is to direct that arrow in the right direction and aim it at the target so that it would arise uh, it would arrive with the right precision the right speed that it would actually hit the mark and so i believe that what he's talking about right here is that god gives you maybe 18 years maybe 21 years maybe longer than that to have an influence over the the direction of that arrow you have an influence over the direction of the arrow as a mother and father. And so he says in Proverbs chapter 22, this is how he describes it right here. He says, train up, teach, direct, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I have a minister friend that he told me, he said, he said, I, I, I've attempted to uh, raise my son in the right direction and point him in the direction that I thought that he would go. He's deviated from that. But he says, I'm holding to the promise of this scripture right here that at some point, someday, this child will come back. He knows the right direction. He was taught the right direction. He was brought up in the right way, yet he's uh, departed from that. But he says, I don't know if I'll live to see it, but I believe this verse and I'm claiming this verse. That if I train my child in the right way, it says, train up a child in which he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I have known folks back in Texas, the, the church that, that I grew up in. I knew one elderly sister that was a precious old sister. I took her to church many times. She lived to be almost 90 years old. And none of her children went to church with her. She went by herself. Interestingly, almost, I would say sadly, after she passed away, one by one, the children began to come back to church. She was in her 80s, and she missed seeing that. Old Sister Flynn, probably three or four of her five or six children came back to the church, became faithful members of the church, but it was after their mom passed away. And I thought how sad that was that they came to church and she missed out on seeing that blessing. But she continued faithful herself all the way until the Lord took her home. 
And the Lord fulfilled that verse right there that her children came back. Even though she didn't live to see it, she claimed that verse and she lived it. So you have a window of time that God gives you to exercise influence over this child, to train this child in the right direction. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says in verse 1, and this is directing not only to parents, but it's to children as well. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. He says, and this, this charge is to young people and it's to parents about young people. I, I, I've heard it said that, that some folks, I've, I've heard some folks say, well, I think you should just let them uh, sow their wild oats. Well, you know, if you sow some wild oats, the only thing I think oatmeal is good for is to lower cholesterol. I eat oatmeal every day. And the only reason I eat oatmeal, you do too, John. Both of my grandfathers lived to be in their 90s and they ate oats every day. So as a result, I eat them. I don't really like them, but I eat them because I think they're probably good for you. But as far as sowing wild oats, there's not any scriptures that will direct and authorize you to allow your children to go out and sow wild oats. In fact, the scriptures are completely opposite. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And then he describes the older years and the difficulties of older years. But he says, remember your creator while you're young. Serve the Lord while you're young. Be dedicated while you're young. Take Take God serious, take his word serious, take his statutes serious, and it will make an impact and a difference the rest of your life if you do it while you're young. I appreciate Sister Anita being faithful to bring her grandchildren to church, and grandparents have a special influence of, over their grandchildren. And I believe God will bless in those efforts with Camden and Sister Anita there. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. I believe that that part of the verse is referring to as arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of thy youth. The next part that I'd like to touch on right here. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Now the quiver we've already seen is the container that holds the arrows. And everybody's quiver is different, completely different. Miss Phil and Marcia, they're traveling, miss them here today. But one of the humorous stories that Brother Phil shares about their family was when their daughter Julianne was about three or four years old, and Phil and Marcia set uh, Julianne down and they said what would you think about having a little brother and she thought about it for a minute and brother Phil said she put her hands on her hips and she said I can think of about a thousand reasons why not to have a little brother so their quiver stayed at one. I'm not sure how much that influenced it. But Julianne is a great, great blessing for Phil and Marcia. And Julianne has completed and fulfilled their life. And their quiver is at one. But it's just perfect for their family. 
such a blessing. We saw the joy that Marcia and Phil had when Julianne was getting ready for her wedding and when she had the wedding. And for that family, it was just exactly right. Now, the size of your quiver, I believe, should not be influenced by what the world says. Two kids and no more. I believe that it should be between the husband and the wife and God. And that's the three that make up the size of the quiver. Now, my mother's here, and my mother is the youngest of seven. She was the baby. And I have to tell you, I'm thankful that my grandparents didn't stop at six. I'm really thankful for that. And interestingly, when my grandfather, who had the seven children, became old, it was my mother's children, my sisters and myself, that ended up taking care of our grandfather. So I think our grandfather was blessed that he didn't stop at five or six, but they had the seventh child. Yesterday, I was headed up to Southampton to the annual meeting, and my GPS, I hate to be late. If I'm late, I, I apologize, but I hate to be, but my GPS said I'm going to get there at 1035, and so I tried to make it and make up some time, and it just wasn't possible, but I thought, I'm going to call Brother Bauckham on the way and talk to him. He's 90 years old and unable to go to church, hadn't been in over a year. He lives in Clinton, New Jersey, and as I was traveling up the road, I said, would you like to go to church today? He thought about it. He said, I would. I said, I'll be there in 45 minutes. That's totally past the opposite direction of Southampton. But I thought, I don't care if I'm late. We'll take in the afternoon service. I went to pick him up, and he takes care of his wife that's 91 years old. He can difficulty getting around, and as I went in to pick him up, I said, Brother Balkum, I said, you do so well to be 90 years of age. His wife said, is he 90 years old? I can't believe he's 90 years old. I'm glad I'm not 90 years old. And went on with this conversation about being 90. I almost felt bad that I'd said that. But on the way to Southampton, and by the way, we were so late that we got there just in time for lunch. And then we made the afternoon service, and it was a special time. But on the way up there, he told me, he said, Brother Stephen, he said, I'm the second to the youngest of 13 children. He said, my father was 55 when he had me, or when my mother had me. My father was 55. And he said, and then I had a little sister after me. So he said, my dad was about 57 when he had the last child. But he said, we had a wonderful family. He said, I'm the only one left out of all of my 12 siblings. But I had a wonderful, wonderful family. 
Elder Compton, Luke was his buddy, helped take care of him. Some folks say, well, women shouldn't have so many children because it's extremely difficult for them. Elder Compton said, I'm one of 16. Eight boys, eight girls. And he said, and by the way, my mother lived to be almost 100. By the way, I've heard it said, a mother can take care of 12 kids, but 12 kids can't take care of a mother. Ought to think about that. Elder Guest told me one time, he said, I have the very best long-term care policy that's available for my wife. He's probably 10 years older than his wife, substantially older than his wife. And he said, I have the very best long-term care policy available for my wife. He said, I've taught each one of my 11 children that if I pass away first, it is their responsibility, their blessing, and their opportunity to see that their mother is well cared for. And he says, they know that I'll come back from the grave and visit them if they don't do it. And he said, that's better than any long-term policy. I've taught my children that from their youth. And they know that that is their privilege and their responsibility to care for their mother. Best long-term care policy that you can possibly have. So, the size of the quiver is between the mother and the father and the Lord. And it's not to be influenced by other folks by saying you can't afford it, you shouldn't do it for the sake of the mother, but it should be left up to the mother and the father and the Lord. The Lord is the one that blesses with the children. And they are a gift of the Lord. So the last part of this verse sort of, I'll touch on it and tell you what I think that it may mean. He says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, and they shall not be ashamed. Means they'll be thankful, they'll be uh, uh, realize the blessing that their children are. But it says they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I believe that what that means right there is that, especially in the older age years, that parents could know that they, their needs were going to be met, that they were going to be cared for, that they were going to be provided for. If God blessed them with children, with grandchildren, with a family. And I thought, well, how does that apply yet today? How would that be the case today? It says when the enemies will shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I believe that certainly that children are a blessing to parents when they're young. It's a happy time. It's a joyous time. It's an exciting time when the children are young and they're playing around the feet of the parents. 
It's a happy time as the children begin to grow and begin to mature and to see uh, to see them uh, adopt some of the same uh, principles and mannerisms of the parents and to see that manifest itself in the children. And then it's an exciting time when you see them begin to start their life and to establish their their families and their life and and to build their own homes. And you begin to uh, share in that joy as well. But I believe that children especially can be a blessing in the older years. And I believe that this is one of the ways that this can be um, uh, explained right here. Older people need, especially in old age, they need to have an advocate. The world and the world way of thinking is not always friendly and favorable for old people. I could highlight that, but you probably know what I'm talking about. A lot of times... People in the world have embraced the concept that when people get older, they no longer have the quality of life. Who is it that's going to determine your quality of life? Is it a caregiver that gets paid minimum wage? Is it a family member that doesn't follow the principles of God? When someone makes the decision that you don't have the quality of life. And therefore, things can be put in place that allow or hasten the demise of the individual. I was at, um, I was at, here at the church at Mount Carmel. And we were holding the funeral service for Brother Don Malcolm. And I missed a phone call. While we were holding the funeral service. And the phone call was from a judge. Now, you don't generally miss a phone call from a judge. We were having a funeral service, and later I explained. And there was a hearing that was being held. You would know the individual probably if I told you who it was, but there was a hearing that was being held because the state had been appointed the guardian of this particular elderly sister. Wasn't a member here, but was a member nearby. And uh, she was in one of our facilities. She was unable to advocate for herself. She did not have family members that were able to fulfill that role. And so the judge, later I called him and we had a conversation but the hearing was being held and they were the judge was going to ask me if I would serve as the um, uh, uh, power of attorney, the medical power of attorney for this lady, this elderly sister. And I told him, I said, well, I'm happy to help any way I can. We are involved in her care and we oversee her care, but I'm happy to help. But I said, wouldn't that be a conflict of interest if I own the facility, and I'm also her appointed power of attorney. He said, you might be under normal circumstances, but he said, I'm going to write it in the agreement that there cannot be a conflict of interest. Would you serve in that capacity? Well, they didn't, nor did we think that this sister would live just a few months, and she lived probably close to five years. 
there were different scenarios that would come in because of her poor condition that wanted to put things in place that would hasten her demise. And every single time, I would not let that happen. Some said, well, what about the quality of life? So my grandmother had a stroke. You all knew, brought her to church here. She went to church up until the week before she died. She could not express in words what she was, had in her mind. Very much like Sister Farrington. But you think Sister Farrington doesn't still have a quality of life? I knew that my grandmother, even though she couldn't express herself, she knew how to receive love and she knew how to give love. And when you have that, you have a quality of life. You may not be able to go out and walk or put your shoes and socks on. But if you can receive love and you can give love, there's a quality of life that you have right there. So old people need an advocate. And the very best advocate that you can have is your children. There's not anybody in the world, the state's not going to appoint a representative that's going to be for your, they'll do the best they can. We oftentimes have residents that, that the state has appointed a guardian for them because they either have no family or the families. I've known situations that children say they've actually brought the mom to the facility and left because of the dementia of the mom. And they say, this is not the mom that I knew. This is not the mom that I remember. Take care of her. And the state appoints a guardian and they wash their hands of it. When you get to old age, you need an advocate. And the very best advocate that you can have is your children. They're going to be there for you when nobody else will. So it's a real good thing that y'all are going to have a child. Um, old Sister Blackburn. I expect you knew Sister Blackburn. She was a member here. Your granddad, Elder Thompson. Brother Blackburn, Sister Blackburn, never been married. She was up in her 60s. Way up in her 60s. And Elder uh, Brother Blackburn expressed, after his wife had died, expressed an interest in Sister Blackburn. And she was reluctant. She'd never been married, and she was reluctant to get married. And so your grandfather called her aside, and she said, let me tell you something. He said, let me tell you something. Said, you really ought to consider this with Brother Blackburn. Because, for many reasons, but one reason is that Brother Blackburn has three wonderful children. And when you get old... They'll see that you're taken care of. Well, your granddad, she did end up marrying Brother Blackburn. Your granddad passed away. Later, Brother Blackburn passed away. But the three children of Brother Blackburn treated her just like they were her own children. And they saw that Sister Blackburn was taken care of the rest of her life. So God provided for her in that capacity. He blessed her to have an advocate there that she didn't have through those children. There's nobody that's going to take care of you better than your children are. And you need to train them that way and teach them that way when they're young. 
You need to teach them when they're young so that when they get to 50, 60, 70 years old, it's not a surprise for them. And also, you need to teach them by example. Sister Tracy, I expect you're going to have folks lined up to take care of you. And the reason you are is because of the way that you took care of your mother. And then before you could finish taking care of your mother, you're bringing Brother Justice's mother in to care for her. And your children are watching. They say be careful about how you're caring for your parent because your children are watching. So you set the right example in caring for your parent. Sister Greenfield, I'll never forget you just boarding up your house here and moving up to York, Pennsylvania and staying day and night with your mother up there. First you took care of Brother Krause and then you took care of your mother. There'll be folks lined up to take care of you when you get there because of what you did. Be careful how you're taking care of your parents because your children are watching. You're going to need an advocate when you get to old age. You're going to need to be able to speak well of your family to other people that are around. And what a blessing that that will be. Now for folks like Susan and myself. God blesses with these little ones like Grace and Jared. For us to be able to share in that joy when Susan was sharing with you that she took care of Grace when she was a baby. And she said, now I'm looking forward to taking care of Grace's baby. That's how God works it out. He does. That's how He works it out. And makes it work in all cases. Well... Children are a blessing, a heritage of the Lord. It doesn't matter what the world has to say. I'd take that with a grain of salt, just as a grain of salt. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put much stock in that. What you want to know is what God's Word has to say about it. And you want your thinking to be in line with what God's Word is. Children are a blessing, a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Your quiver may be one. Your quiver may be seven. It may be like Brother Compton, 16. But whatever that size is, that if God blesses you with that, that's a blessing from the Lord. Whether it's one or 16 or anything in between, that's a blessing from God.